Travel Tidbits podcast, hosted by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. Join us as we discuss the latest in travel news, destinations, and tips for the savvy traveler. After all, travel makes life sweeter. Welcome to today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast. I'm Jamie Weidel, travel agent and owner of Pineapple Escapes. Today, I am super excited to be joined by Alyssa McVeigh, and she's been with Pineapple Escapes for just over a year, and we are so happy to have her. She has been a great addition to our team. So Alyssa, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and your family? I'm really happy to be here. I have my Viore joggers on. I have my Stanley Cup. I am ready to talk about bougie travel. But a lot of my travel, it's not super bougie because my husband is in the military. So they send us a lot of different places all over the world. But we just moved back to Texas from New York. So we are happy to be back where the sun shines again. I have four kids. So I am very well versed in bougie travel that takes a lot of bedrooms, not because we're super bougie, but because we all have to have our own beds and spaces to sleep. So I'm super excited to be part of Pineapple Escapes. I grew up traveling, so this really clicks a lot of boxes for me. I love that. And I think your background is so interesting because you have traveled quite a bit and then married into the military. So I really find that really interesting. So why did you decide you wanted to be a travel agent? So I grew up traveling because my dad owned a business that had a few different locations outside of Texas. So we used to kind of tag along, and then he also would regularly take us to Colorado and Hawaii. Those were his two favorite places. But Dad was really interesting in that he wanted us all to be together, like on the beach in Maui. But he would come down to the beach and set everyone up and be like, great, see you at dinner. And then he would go (laughs) back to the hotel room. So I think that's part of where it comes from, because we always needed to have a nice big room so Dad could just like hang out while the grandkids played on the beach in Hawaii or when skiing on the mountains in Colorado. And then I married someone in the military and we left Texas for Colorado. And so we lived in Colorado, which was super fun and beautiful. And we would just kind of get in the car and drive around for a day and see the different sites. And then we went from Colorado to Germany and suddenly I could drive seven hours and be in Italy or seven hours and be in France, which was just... That mind-blowing because as a Texan, you drive seven hours and you're still in Texas. (laughs) So it really opened a lot of boxes. And I had come back to the States and we decided we were done having kids. And I started another bachelor's degree because I knew I was ready to do something. And I was going to do HR. And I saw an ad for Pineapple Escapes. And I was kind of shook that there were travel agents still being very successful since all of the brick and mortar travel agencies went away. And I looked into it and I had already been planning trips for my mom and our family. And I kind of sat on it and then it came up again. And I decided at like 10 o'clock, probably after a glass of wine, like, I'm just going to do it. (laughs) I'm just going to go for it. And we'll see what happens. And I think it was like a very plaintive email. Like, I've been out of the workforce for 10 years, but I love to travel (laughs) and I'll go these places and I've done these things. And here's where I'm going next. If you would take a minute to talk to me, that would really, (laughs) I'd love that. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. (laughs) And uh, And three minutes later, you had an email. (laughs) (laughs) To my surprise, you said yes. And I was just like, great, let's do it. 
And so here I am, and it's been a really wonderful year. I've gotten to do a lot of amazing things with the agency. My family's done a lot of wonderful things. And I kind of wound up in this luxury travel section, half because that's what I do. And it makes sense to work with a travel agent that travels like you travel. So if you want to do a luxury suite on a cruise ship, if you want to go club level at Disney, you should be working with someone who also does those things and who knows and can advise you on the best ways to do it because a lot of luxury trips are still going to be what you make of them. You're not just going to show up and they're not magical mind readers that know that you want to have a glass of champagne every day at five o'clock. But if you tell them, a lot of these luxury places can probably make that happen. So, yeah, I like that part. And so I remember when you emailed and I, I think that that's one of the really unique things about our agency is, you know, we have people from all over, from different walks of life, live all over the United States. We're a very eclectic mix. And I think that that's one of the things that makes our agency so great is we have the right agent for everyone. I mean, if you reach out, I can match you with someone who can help you with whatever type of trip you want. And Alyssa is obviously very well skilled in luxury travel. So we've talked a little bit about what you like about luxury travel, but I know you were just on the funnel suite on the Disney Wish a few weeks ago. So I feel like a lot of your experiences bring so much to the table for these types of clients who want that kind of extra bit. So tell me a little bit about why you like luxury travel, what brings it to you, what what helps you help others with luxury travel. So there's a running joke in my family that one of the first things I learned how to say was room service, which probably (laughs) is true. We went to this very high-end resort in historic Colonial Williamsburg every summer around my birthday for a conference for my dad. And it was very typical old school Victorian styling. There was a very nice pool with a bar and waiter service. And I used to thrill all the other kids at the conference because I would frequently order a round of popsicles for everyone. Because <laughs> it's just always been my vibe. I'm a sharer. And it is this really unique level of service, which I think we all want from our vacation. And you can definitely find it at different price points. But with luxury travel, It's this understanding that your time is just as valuable as the money you're spending on it. And you really want a vacation to be a vacation. You are taking yourself away from your usual settings and you're investing your money and you deserve to have a vacation that is going to make you actually feel relaxed and like you're getting what you paid for. And that really comes with extra room to spread out in. If you're a big family, I think luxury travel is worth it because you're going to have those larger spaces. If you are someone that doesn't get to travel a lot, I think luxury travel is worth it because you're really maximizing your time on vacation. And that's part of us with my husband being in the military. We have very set times we can travel. And so if I'm only going to get to go to Disney every three to five years, I'm going to make sure that it's the most amazing Disney experience my family can possibly have. So we're going to go club level. We're going to stay probably at the poly and we're going to do a VIP tour because I'm going to check everything that I can into it because that is just as valuable to me as whatever I'm signing for, which I normally don't look at. I kind of sign with my hands over my eyes (laughs) when I'm signing the bill at the end of it. 
And I don't think I've come home from any luxury travel experience yet regretting that I spent that because the level of service, the attention to detail, the beautiful spaces that you don't have to clean yourself as a mom of four, that's always up there for me, (laughs) is just worth it. It's this really special private experience that almost feels like you're the only one there sometimes, even if you're in a crowded cruise ship or even if you're in Walt Disney World. You get to go to these spaces that are just for you and you have these moments with your family that are so impactful. So like, yes, it's scary. Yes, I send people quotes that are six plus digits sometimes and they're like, wow, that's a lot of money. But you also get a lot more back that you don't when you're just staying at Art of Animation or something else, which is still great and you can still have a wonderful time, but it's going to be more work than if you stay club level at Disney and they're going to help smooth a lot of that over for you. Right. I completely agree. And I feel like that's been a big shift in my thinking over time is, you know, we deal with those budget clients who are like, oh, I want to stay offsite at Disney and I want to drive in and I want to do all these things. But one, you're taking out time from your day and you don't have that special experience. And I feel like for me with luxury travel, that's really what it comes down to is I want to feel special. I mean, that sounds silly, but it's true. Like when we arrive at the Cancun airport and there's a limousine waiting to pick us up and the driver is right outside the door with a sign with my name, that makes me feel special. When I am staying club level and I'm greeted as I walk into the lounge to get my evening drink, that makes me feel special. And I I feel like those are things that easily get overlooked in the price point if you're and we do we do we have agents who focus solely on price so if you are a budget client we can help you too but there's something to be said for the value for what you're spending and i feel like that's really where luxury travel stands out so today we're kind of going to focus on a few different types of luxury travel we're going to look at Disney Cruise Line, we're going to look at Royal Caribbean Cruise Line, we're going to look at Disney and Universal and talk about some of our experiences with luxury travel in these spaces, mostly with children, and just kind of give you a little bit of an overview. So I have some experience here. I've stayed club level at Walt Disney World a few times. I've stayed club level at Universal a few times. I've been in a concierge suite on DCL. So I've done a few of these things, but Alyssa's experience here is over the top. So I think the first thing we have to talk about, which I already talked about a little bit, is your stay in the funnel suite. So tell us about the Disney Wish and the funnel suite and all about your experience. I I can't wait. (laughs) So we, in 2020, my husband and my mom and I were all sitting around and we had gotten off the magic for a New Year's Eve cruise where we all sailed concierge on the Disney Magic out of Miami It was such a wonderful experience that we knew we wanted to do it again. So we booked a cruise for 2020. And then (laughs) 2020 happened. As we all know, it happened. We were there. We lived it. Thankfully, we came out the other side. So we had these two deposits and money that we weren't quite sure what to do with. We were going to do a week on the fantasy. And then the wish was announced. And I wasn't an agent then. I was obsessed. I was following the press releases. I was looking at the layouts online. And I remember the first time I saw the funnel suite and I 
saved the news article and sent it to my mom. I was like, we have to do this. And she was just like, sure. Yep. Figure it out. And then it's like, mom speaks the light. Go ahead. Let's just, you know, here we go. And so I called, I rolled those into a deposit in the booking on the funnel suite. There was one actually available for early January, 2023. It seems so far away, but I was like, okay, we have time to make payments. So that seems more accessible. We already had these funds set aside. So it's kind of how that all just like really gelled together <laughs> into why we sailed with this like absolutely insane, once in a lifetime, crazy sweet. And uh, we had just moved to Texas and then we flew to Florida for this cruise. So I didn't do all the planning that I normally would do. And I should have known as we're walking on board, I was like, I don't even know how we get to this. <laughs> like it's not your normal cruise cabin where you just go to the deck and you walk down the hallway and you're like, Oh, there's our room number. It's just like, I have no idea we're going to get there. My husband's in the military. He really thought that he could figure it out. It turns out our poor little stateroom attendant had been chasing us like all over the boat, trying to find us so he could take us to the suite because duh, you cannot just walk up to the front door of the funnel suite. You can, if you know some of the secret entrances and exits, but like really on your first day, you're not going to get it. So you walk in and it's this gorgeous spiral staircase. It's the statue with the Ayatafiti. It's the huge windows overlooking the boat, just jaw droppingly stunning. Every high end Bulgari hand wash, this crazy Kristoff egg where I had actually known what it was. But if you didn't know what it was, you'd be like, why is there this gold egg in the kitchen? My mom and I were obsessed. I knew what it was. I tried to get my husband to guess. He did not want to play my games. I was very disappointed. <laughs> then when I opened the egg and it was silverware, he was just like, silverware? Really? It's like, it's a thing. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> but it was beautiful. It had two master suites and they were almost identical. There's just one that's a little bit bigger. So I love that for traveling with grandparents because you don't have to feel... Like somebody's getting the lesser room, which almost never happens. So we both got two stunning master suites with the soaking closets and the showers, the soaking closets, the soaking tubs and the walk-in closets and gorgeous rainfall showers. There's a kid's room with a bunk bed and a TV in its own glorious space with a light up ceiling, starry night sky. I loved it. And it was on a timer. So you don't have to feel bad. It's not going to stay on all night. Loved that touch as someone who worries about light bills and electricity and all of that. And then downstairs is the Murphy bed in the library. So it's perfect for people who have a ton of family members traveling with you and you want to be together. Before we had always booked two one-bedroom suites next to each other because you can remove the divider in between. So they're kind of like they're connected, but you don't have the sound leakage issues, which is a big deal for those of us who are light sleepers. And it was really fun to just get to actually be in the same space together. And then to the fact that it was the funnel suite just took it to a totally different, amazing level. You get in through a private elevator or there's a secret door in the funnels. And sometimes they use that for the characters when they're getting ready to come out on the pool deck. So you could come out of the elevator, come down the stairs, and then all of a sudden your kids are having a private character interaction with Mickey or Captain Minnie, which is just... You know, one of those things that you can't plan for. It's like getting pixie dusted. You can't ask for it. You just kind of have to let yourself be open to the magic as it comes to you. And it was actually really easy to walk to the concierge lounge too. Everybody else on the wish, you're right there around the lounge, which is really nice. But the funnel suite, you kind of have to walk across the pool deck. 
which was fine, except when it was raining and then it was a little sad, but it was fine. <laughs> and the concierge lounge is stunning. Two levels, private sun deck, private whirlpools, private dole whip machine, private bar, snacks all day. People are lovely. There's a bar space. There's hot food. You can get Mickey waffles in the concierge lounge on demand in the morning, which my kids were obsessed with. And yes, you can go to the buffet and get Mickey waffles, or you can just sit in this really cool private living room and have the really nice lady bring you your Mickey waffles while you sit in this really nice, not crowded space. That's going to be my choice. Don't (laughs) like the crowds. Don't like the buffets. No, no, I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum. You like buffets, more power to you. But I would much rather sit in a nice place without the crowds. Have you hand me my Mickey waffles, please? Thank you so much. Yes. And I, so I took three of the agents last year and we stayed in a concierge level suite. And I feel like that that's really the thing for me. So I joke and say that I'm an extroverted introvert. So until you really know me, I'm very introverted. But then once you do know me, I open up and it's all good. But I don't want to be around a lot of people. I don't like buffets. (laughs) So something like, concierge and luxury travel is made for people who don't want that crowded feeling. And, you know, cruise lines do get a bad rap, I think, for, I mean, when you first get on a ship, if you head straight to the buffet, the buffet is a madhouse on arrival day. Like that's where everyone is. It calms down over the week, like it gets better. But you kind of have to think about those things if you're someone who doesn't like crowds. And I feel like luxury travel and concierge level kind of give you that extra buffer or space to make those transitions a little bit easier, in my opinion. So let's talk a little bit more about concierge level. What draws you to that concierge level and what has been your favorite part, especially on DCL, since that's what we're talking about right now, of that type of service? So you brought up a really fun point that's very unique to Disney Cruise Line. When you're sailing concierge on Disney Cruise and you get on the boat, you don't have to go to the buffet for your lunch the first day. There's this really fun concierge-only lunch. It's kind of changed a little on the wish. It used to be they would come around and go over your itinerary with you while you were at the lunch. It wasn't like that on the wish for us this time, but it was still we got to eat in 1923. Everyone else was stuck at the buffets. Or I think there was a few quick service options, but instead you get this really luxury experience literally as soon as you get on the boat. And so that stuff, that little extra touch, that smoothness that you are paying for, yes, but it also pays off in not immediately feeling like you're crowded and rushed and fighting for something really adds the value to a Disney concierge level cruise. And then When you're talking luxury travel, there's also a lot of things included that other people are paying for. So when you're looking at value adds like getting to have drinks every night in the lounge instead of having to buy drinks because Disney Cruise Line doesn't do beverage packages like Royal Caribbean, and I'm a big wine drinker and my mom joins me and my husband drinks liquor, that adds up really fast. But hanging out in the lounge and getting to take a glass of wine to dinner instead of having to pay for every glass of wine. That to me is is money well spent that's already budgeted for. I've already made the payments. 
So sure, honey, you know, have a, a tumbler of Jameson and I'll sip my champagne and we're not going to have to worry about a surprise bill at the end of this. So it's that, the lounges, having that place where I can go where I'm like, oh, I'm on a ship with thousands of people and it's all pressing in on me for a moment. Having a really nice cabin where I can be that is bigger than most, that's going to be more quiet. And I'm not hearing maybe the kids running up and down the halls as much. I mean, it's still Disney. So there is still some of that, even on the concierge level, but it's lessened. <laughs> and getting to go, have snacks, have a space, have people really remember my name. Something about sailing with the concierge hosts. They're going to learn you. They're going to learn your family, even on the wish where there is a lot more of you. They're going to get to know you in a way that you don't experience, maybe with your serving team in the rotational dining, but that's it. They're going to be there for you if your kid loses their key to the world card and you need one because, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be getting off the boat right now. That happened on our New Year's Eve cruise and I called the lounge in a panic and they're like, don't worry, when do you have to leave? It's like five minutes. They said, we'll meet you at the elevator. And they sent someone from the lounge with a new key to the world card at the elevator. And then they put us in the elevator and sent us straight down, no stops to where we needed to be. It's those little things that unless you're concierge level, you can't even pay for once you're on the ship. That to me makes the extra price worth it is those little extra magical touches that people are desperate for. And yes, Disney provides you with the extra pixie dust sometimes. But you're guaranteed pixie dust if you're sailing concierge level on a Disney cruise. That is the magic that I want for my kids. That's what I'm showing up for. So I think that's really what makes it worth it for me to do DCL concierge. Yeah, and I agree. I feel like it's, yes, the price point is higher, but it's it's the service. It's the value of what you're getting. And, you know, if you've only traveled budget, that can be a difficult leap to make. But once you do, it's really hard to go back. And and I think that that's part of what makes luxury travel so interesting and entertaining. Let's go ahead and shift to Royal Caribbean while we're talking about cruises. I know that you have quite a bit of experience with the Star Class Suites. Selena, Sharon, Samantha, and I were on The Wonder in December, and we were able to tour all of the suites. And the ultimate family suite on the Wonder is next level. It's awesome. I mean, the funnel suite on DCL might be a little bit better, but it was pretty amazing. And so many of these suites just really go above and beyond, especially for a cruise ship. But Star Class, I think, is definitely next level, maybe even more next level than DCL. So let's talk a little bit about some of the perks of these suites and the benefits that you've found. Yes, I think I remember some of the agents were messaging me when y'all were in the suite, like, have you booked this yet? Are you going to travel this? And I was just like, it's on the list, I promise. And I, <laughs> I have a lot of Star Class clients that once you've experienced top tier cruising on Royal Caribbean, it's really hard to go anywhere else because they have so many perks. That's a big difference between them and Disney is if you're a concierge Disney, it's pretty much the same for everyone. You can be in the funnel suite, you can be in the lowest tier concierge suite, and a lot of your experience is going to be exactly the same, even though you've paid more of a premium. With Royal Caribbean, they've broken it into three separate suite kind of sections. And if you're a star class, you're top tier, you're getting everything. There's an entry level, which is C class, and kind of in the middle with its own little range of perks is sky class. 
Star Class is my favorite. Star Class comes with all the bells and whistles. And again, there's extra things you're getting that other people are paying for. So when you're looking at what you're getting, you're getting complimentary internet, you're getting complimentary specialty dining, you're getting complimentary beverage packages. There's so much of thousands of dollars in that that is getting rolled into your price, but that people in the interior cabins are also spending thousands of dollars on those same things. So I think a lot of the perks for Cyclass really help you pay for itself, but we can't talk star class without talking about the Royal Genie because that's the real star of the show. When you're in these suites, they are like a combination, personal concierge, butler, everything you could want in a cruise. They're there to make it happen for you. Even before you show up to the cruise terminal, they're going to reach out to you before They're going to get to know your family some. They're going to get to know what you want. And as soon as you're at the terminal, your genie is there helping you with luggage, getting you on the ship. It really starts with this star class service from the minute you step on the boat to the minute you get off the boat because they also walk you off. And in between, they are helping you with anything you could want, front of the line access. It is just an amazing experience kind of self-contained in its own little bubble if you're on The Wonder or the newly coming Icon of the Seas because they have their own sweets neighborhood. So you might have to step out for the Aqua Theater and all of that, but you also get kind of the expanded Disney Concierge Lounge experience that is this whole separate section of the ship that if you didn't want to see the Aqua Theater, you know, maybe you don't have to leave it. You could just spend the, the whole cruise with the ocean blues and enjoying this incredible level of service. I actually thought when we were touring the Ultimate Family Suite, I'm like, okay, if I was in the suite, I wouldn't want to leave. So maybe like a transatlantic cruise where you're like going to Europe, like I could just hang out in the suite for a week. And as we sail across the ocean, I I wouldn't even have to get off in port because we'd just be on the ship. I think that sounds perfect. So... One of the things I think is so neat with the genie, though, too, is anything you want, they're going to take care of. So if you want guacamole and chips every afternoon at 4 p.m. with a pitcher of margaritas, they're going to make that happen for you. Like, And I think your point about these people in the interior cabins are paying for all of these things on top of their cruise fare. And I think that sometimes gets lost in translation. Yeah, you're initial price may be lower, but by the time you add all your excursions, your beverage package, your specialty dining package, all of these extras, your price is quite a bit more than what you originally thought. So looking at those different value adds, I think is really an important piece of the overall luxury travel scope, in my opinion. So how would you compare like DCL and Royal Like, is there one that's your favorite? Is there one that you would prefer? What are your thoughts there? So I love Disney, but Disney luxury is a really separate concept, I think, than luxury travel when you're dealing with anything outside of Disney. Disney luxury is a nicer cabin. It's these couple special spaces. But overall, a lot of your experience, no matter where you are, is going to be the same as everybody else. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter that you've paid an extra couple thousand, you're still going to have a lot of the same experience as the person who's in the interior cabin. And I am not against it in any way. It's just, it is what it is. 
Disney has said, it's nice you're here. Here's your lounge. But, you know, now here's the theater where we're going to so do the show. You have 15 minutes. And if you don't make it in those extra 15 minutes, you're out of luck. And that's just not the luxury experience you're going to have almost anywhere else. So like with Royal Caribbean, they have these different levels of perks. But if Royal Caribbean knows that you're in the Starloft suite, they're going to really make sure that you're having an elevated luxury experience when compared with the people that are in the interior cabins. So it's a lot of give and take. I really think sometimes if you're looking for that true luxury, then Disney might not be it for you. That is the time where I would send you to Royal Caribbean, to the star class, to help you talk to the genie, to make sure that you're going to have this experience. Because again, like I said before, it's going to be what you make of it. So you can have the asks for Disney. You can try to get a cabana, but they're not going to guarantee you a cabana, even though you're concierge. It helps. It's pretty much the only way to get one. (laughs) Still not guaranteed. If Royal Caribbean knows that you have a genie and you're sailing in a star class cabin and you want a floating cabana on Coco Cay to have your perfect day and they're all sold out, they're going to make sure you're first on the list. The genie is going to get the phone call that somebody canceled or didn't make the boat and you're going to get that cabana. They're going to make it happen for you. I've seen it happen for people that I've helped cruise. So I think that's just the different levels there. That's why I would give it to star class. You know, you can be shivering in a movie theater on a Disney cruise and your concierge isn't going to know they're not going to show up with the blanket. But if you're at the ice show on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship and your genie knows you're there, there's a really good chance he's going to show up with blankets. He's going to show up with hot chocolates and he's going to check in on you and make sure that you're okay. And I think that's a lot of what people want when they're going to spend this money that's the level of service they expect to go with it. So I love Disney, nothing against the mouth, but it's going to be Royal Caribbean for me if you're really looking for that luxury vacation. And I agree. I feel like it kind of segues in well with what we're going to talk about next with Disney and Universal Club level. I feel like Disney is a different level of luxury than or a different type of luxury, maybe it would be a better way to word that. And same with Universal, like you're not getting that true luxury experience in these places. They are trying to elevate it for you if you were staying concierge level or in one of the suites. But it's definitely not that same attention to detail necessarily. But I feel like overall Disney service across the board is better than, you know, you're going to get at your standard Hilton or your Marriott if you're not staying club level type of thing. So there's kind of a balance there. And it's definitely a different type of luxury. So let's go ahead and segue into Disney and Universal club level. So at Disneyland Resort, at Walt Disney World Resort, and at Universal Orlando, all of them have club level rooms and suites for more of your luxury guests, but it is still a different type of luxury as we've talked about. So let's first talk about a little bit about Disney club level. So I've personally stayed club level at Beach Club and Grand Floridian and Coronado. It's a great value for my family of five. And that's part of why we have chosen it. We just enjoy having the option to have the snacks and drinks within the concierge lounge, having that place to rest when we're not in the parks. Our beach club trip was over Christmas and that was absolutely amazing. Like 
just the extra little attention to detail and those little things. But at the same time, yes, you're not going to have someone in the parks with you unless you're paying for the VIP tour. You're not going to have that type of luxury. So I know, Alyssa, when we all went out to Disneyland in the fall, you went a night before and you were at Grand Californian and stayed club level there. And I know you've stayed club level and in some of the nicer rooms at Walt Disney World, too. Let's talk a little bit about that and your experiences. Yeah, so Disneyland, I flew cross country from New York to California. So it doesn't really get any more domestic cross country than that. <laughs> so I showed up. I think it was 10, 1030. I actually got to watch the fireworks as my driver took us down the highway towards Disneyland, which was super fun. I was like, oh my gosh, what do you mean you can just be driving down the highway in California and be like, look at the Disney fireworks. I was really glad I was not driving myself because I would have been totally distracted. <laughs> but then when I checked in, it started with that extra kind of personal, like, where are you coming from? Here's some water. Your room's on the top floor. Here's a map. It's just those little extra service touches that you're getting when you're staying at a at a luxury level that maybe not everyone's getting. And I loved that. That's what I needed. I needed someone to like hold my hands and be like, here's the elevator. Go down the hall to the left. Here you go. And so that to me was worth it, especially as a woman traveling by myself. I'm all for women traveling by themselves. But I think having that extra kind of security of knowing that there's more eyes on you, that you're in a more secured location definitely makes me feel more comfortable when I'm traveling solo or if I'm traveling with my little kids. I want to know that just, you know, everyone can kind of wander past our door or anything like that. So that was a big deal for me. With Disney club level, I think you're going to have a better placement. You're going to get the better views. You're going to be on the top floor. There's that. There's the club access. We did club level at the Californian for me. And then with my family, we did with a poly and a two-bedroom ambassador suite. And we were not in the King Kamehameha Club. We were in a separate little building that got its own separate little club. And we had access to the bigger club. And so there's still that Disney luxury out there. That was a very high-end experience. We got a lot of personal attention but it was with a much higher price point, kind of like with the VIP tours. So there's still Disney club level that is super luxury, but you have to know it's there. So again, you have to be working with someone that can tell you, oh, do you really want this personalized experience? Here's the little hidden pockets of Disney that's actually going to give you that compared to a lot of agents who may not know, oh, there's this tiny little building right off of the Great Hall where there is one concierge team for like six weeks and that's it. So again, they're going to know your kids. They're going to be able to help you. They're going to get you a mimosa at 8 a.m. when you're trying to rouse yourself to fight the crowds again and give your kids this magical experience. So I love Disney club level. I'm a sucker for the short commute. I don't want to have to fight traffic. So we're going to keep going back. I'm going to go to do Disneyland Club Level. It's my new obsession. It's my next little... It's moved up the list. I think I'm going to take my 10-year-old for her birthday. And we're going to stay at the Grand Californian Club Level so we can sit on their really cute private dining patio for breakfast and look at California Adventure. And then we're just going to go straight down the elevator and walk out of that really cool hole direct into the park entrance that they have that I haven't seen anywhere, not even in Disney Paris, where you can just 
go downstairs and just be right there. I love that. So I think if you're looking for like Disney luxury, that's definitely something that should be on your list. So speaking of Disneyland Paris, I did really love (laughs) Disneyland Hotel there. Just being able to walk out the door and be in the park. And then our breakfast overlooked the castle. Amazing. Like the way they have that set up is top notch. So yes, I'm with you. I want to be right there. I want to be close. I want it to be easy. And I think that that's definitely a big perk to club level is helping to make things smoother and easier. And you are going to have the better rooms, the better location, and more proximity to the parks, which are important. And VIP tour added on to your club level stay is definitely the way to go. We won't get into that too much here, but I know you guys did the VIP tour recently. I've done the VIP tour before. It's so nice. The VIP tours at Universal are great too. There's just so much value there in kind of being handheld through the parks and not having that waiting and that whole experience. So we need to probably do another video or another podcast about yeah. that in the future. I'll put that on the list. But let's talk, Disney Paris. let's talk about that. <laughs> yes, we can do that one too. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in for that <laughs> one too. So let's talk a little bit about Universal Club Level before we wrap up. I've personally stayed Club Level at Universal at Royal Pacific and Portofino. We enjoyed it. And again, for our family, family of five, it's really a value add for us. It's the ease. It's the convenience. It's having someone to go to and talk to if there are issues. What was your club level experience like at Universal? So we stayed club level at the Royal Pacific after we got off the wish. So as anyone that cruises knows, you're up and off the ship super early. And then you're left either trying to get an early flight and maybe not sure if you're going to make it, or a late flight, and then you don't know what to do with the entire day. So we like to add on an extra day after cruises. And I've found that these luxury experiences really work well with that because you can't really roll roll up to like the Holiday Inn Express at 9 (laughs) a.m. and be like, hold my luggage while I go do things. But you can if you're at the Four Seasons or if you are staying at the theme park. So I'd really recommend everyone look into that for their next cruise. We showed up at 9 a.m., to Royal Pacific, we dropped off our luggage, and then we went out to a cabana at the pool. And so that was our little in-between hang because we had the VIP tour booked at Universal for the next day. So we had some time to relax, knowing that then we were going to ramp it into high gear the next day. I enjoyed our time. We were in a two-bedroom hospitality suite, and I think it's kind of showing its age a little. It wasn't the same two-bedroom luxury club-level experience we had at Disney. We had also stayed at the Animal Kingdom Lodge in a two-bedroom there, too. So I've kind of seen several of the Disney two-bedroom offerings. This was in a different stratosphere. This could have maybe been at the (laughs) Holiday Inn, which I was a little sad about, but that's because I'm that person. I walked in and was like, oh, look at the couch. Look at the art. Huh. (laughs) But it was fine because you get the lounge, which you really can make meals out of if you're just being lazy, which is me sometimes on vacation. You again, you get the wine, you get the personalized experience. Your kids can go down the hall and grab donuts and cereal in the morning. Who doesn't love that? I'd much rather, just for quick stays especially, not have to deal with grocery delivery. So I think that was a huge value add. And I think for most people, what really sets it apart is that they include express passes. It's actually your room key. So it's nothing extra. 
It is included with your stay. You show your room key, and that's your express pass. That's your front-of-the-line access, all tied up with a tidy bow in the vacation that you've already been making payments on. You don't have to pay extra. And I think that sets Universal ahead of the Disney game a little bit, just including that for you, that little special extra. Yes, thank you. Here you go. Here's your front-of-the-line card for your VIP clients. So that, to me, really is a huge value add compared to booking a lower level stay at Cabana Bay Mm -hmm. and then having to pay extra to add that access to your ticket. So yeah, the overall, the room level wasn't great, but there were a lot of fun little bonuses built into club level. So yeah. And I think, so all three of the premier hotels at Universal include that express pass and Honestly, when I'm quoting, that's almost exclusively what I quote, unless I have a very budget client, because it is worth it. It's worth it to have that front of the line access. And I will agree with you. I do think Universal's room offerings are more dated um, and their hotels are owned by an outside company. They're not actually owned by Universal. And I think that has played some role, whereas Disney owns their properties. And so they put their name behind it. We were upgraded. This was 2018. I think we were upgraded to a three bedroom at Animal Kingdom Lodge. And it's the grand suite on the far end where you overlook the Savannah. But then you take your kids to, you know, Royal Pacific, and you're in like a normal club level room. And they're like, Oh, well, there's obviously a difference. And I think you also have to always think, you know, you do get what you pay for. You're getting the value add for the price of your vacation. And so I often like to say to my clients, you know, what's the value you're wanting? Is it really all about price point or is it about the value of the trip? And so I think that's something really to think about with luxury in general. And I think we could probably talk all day about you know, different types of luxury travel. We kind of tried to focus more on cruises and the theme parks for this one. But I mean, there's so many different luxury experiences and different things that I think we could go into. We're kind of focusing more on, you know, family-friendly luxury travel in this episode. But hopefully Alyssa will come back and talk to me again and we can do a little bit of a different spin on some of these things. But Thank you, Alyssa, for joining me today. And I had a lot of fun talking to you about all these fun things that I like to think about too. And I hope that you have all enjoyed today's episode of the Capital Tidbit Podcast. We'd love to have you join our community and you can find all of our agents on the web at www.pineapplestate.com and on our social media at Hi, guys. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast hosted by Pineapple Escapes. Travel makes life sweeter. Let the experts help you plan a vacation with lasting memories. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation and have you join our community. You can find us on the web at www.pineappleescapes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple Escapes. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM.
Women's Voices Amplified.